0: Well, folks, we're talking today with Lars Deerroot. He's the CEO of Earth Optics, a company which just a while ago received a Series B investment round. They're primed for growth. He joins us today. Lars, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Mike. Well, thanks for taking the time to join us. Lars, if you would, give us the elevator pitch for Earth Optics. What is it that you guys do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're a soil mapping company with an emphasis on mapping. So we invest in technologies that drive down the cost of measuring just about anything you want uh, within soils uh, and dramatically increase the resolution. So we use machine learning and sensors kind of like those right behind me in that poster on side by sides to dramatically improve the power of a single soil sample. So we can take a handful of soil samples on a field and test it for fertility, carbon uh, and compaction and give you a very high resolution map
0: for a fraction of the cost per acre than you're normally used to. That is incredible, Lars. And it sounds like that's the sort of technology that's appealing to investors here in 2023, isn't it? Oh,
1: absolutely. So I think we've got a bunch of investors that are interested in the work we're doing on carbon, but also just as many that are interested in the way we're driving down costs for traditional fertility sampling.
0: So what do you see? Let's talk fertility sampling first and foremost. Lars, what is Earth Optics bringing to the table on that front?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So using our machine learning and sensors together with satellite data, we'll go out and we'll take about one sample every 10 to 20 acres, uh, but we'll also drive over the field, collect very high resolution sensor data and we bring it all together using machine learning and the end result is a soil fertility map with your standard attributes or even some newer unique ones and various soil health metrics. Uh, with the resolution that's similar to that of a one acre sampling grid, but much closer to the cost of, of uh, zone sampling. So we're talking four or five bucks per acre instead of you know, as much as $25, $30 for one acre grids.
0: Well, that is substantial. And the ability of the machine learning to sort of synthesize the data between those two samples, Lars, that's where the sensors come in. And can you tell us a little bit about the, the sort of sensors you're carrying across these fields?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we we carry electromagnetic induction sensors, uh, EMI that's been used in throughout agriculture for cell type uh, mapping quite a bit. But we also carry ground penetrating radar. Uh, and really those two complement each other quite well in terms of providing a unique data set that allows us to correlate with the laboratory data.
0: That ground penetrating radar is some pretty interesting stuff. If I recall from the Series B announcement that that ground owl technology was part of what enticed these investors. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So these both these sensors, the ground penetrating radar and the electromagnetic. Conduction have been used throughout agricultural research for a while, uh, but they've never really made it to prime time for commercial use. And the kind of short re- version why is somebody might write a PhD thesis using them, and you know, in one area of Ohio, and then they realize that whole model they built didn't work in North Carolina or Iowa. And so, really, what we saw is like these are really valuable tools for telling how soil varies from one location to the next and from one time to another, but the variability is complex and embedded with a whole bunch of other things like changes in moisture uh, and changes in soil type. Uh, And so really machine learning was the perfect tool to take kind of that PhD expert out of the picture uh, and not have to have a new PhD for every single county you wanted to try this technology in. Uh, And it was exactly what we needed to kind of untangle all those complex interactions to really allow those tools to be used to determine when specific soil attributes are changing from one location to the, the other.
0: Can you talk a little bit about how Earth Optics synthesizes all of this and presents it to the farmer? What do I note when I'm trying to use this data on my farm?
1: Yeah, we want want to make it really easy to use. So all our data is available to the grower or any other stakeholder, like uh, your agronomist. It comes via the web. You log into your system and you can click through all the attribute maps that we've made for you, whether it's compaction, including our compaction tool that allows you to dial in your target PSI for the soil and gives you a map where you A map of depth where you would need to till in order to achieve that, to remediate compaction at that level. But everything from all your NPK maps uh, and carbon maps, organic matter maps. So they're all just different selectable maps. You can export them and bring them in whatever tools you want to to create your fertility plans or whatnot.
0: The goal is to make this data actionable. You don't just want it sitting in a file cabinet. Can you talk a little bit about how the soil carbon project is going to work towards that?
1: Yeah, I mean, so one of the things we're really excited about is making... Car- maps detailed maps to sell carbon, actionable and engaging for not just the grower. Uh, Give them the kind of data they need to become not just food producers but also carbon producers. Um, you know growers have been using yield maps to improve their production activities for decades now, where they can see what's working really well over here, where they can increase planting density. We want to do the same thing for, for carbon maps. So we're now arming them with high-resolution carbon, soil carbon maps. So as they're trying things like uh, cover crops, you can see, hey, I'm getting great performance over here on this field and this soil type, but not as much over here. Maybe I should try something. Maybe I should try a different mix or maybe legumes over here because it's not working very well. Not getting the good ROI. So we think that's critical on increasing carbon productivity in the US, but it's also the kind of really engaging data sets that drive a lot of value for carbon buyers, right? Everyone believes that when they see these year over year carbon maps in high resolution, over they're really getting what their money pays for. So from a marketing device to help add value to the, the food ingredient that folks are producing, uh, we're really trying to make that data available to growers so they can market their food ingredients in and in, under that climate uh, friendly banner, backed up by more more data and more engaging data than anyone else is offering.
0: Now, Lars, is the Soil Carbon Project off and running? Absolutely. So we're
1: working with a handful of food producers already. We're looking to continue to sign up more. Uh, but our goal with that project is to do annual year-over-year carbon measurements to, like I said, drive value to the food ingredients that were produced in the year that carbon's increasing in the soil. So it's for all those buyers out there that are looking for sustainably produced corn, soy, you name it. These are the kind of data sets that farmers can now associate with their food ingredients and and hopefully negotiate higher pricing on those ingredients because it has a market, a positive climate marketing claim available to that that buyer.
0: Right. That's right. Adding that verification capability gives them a little more peace of mind when they're making those carbon purchases. Lars, there's a lot of cool things happening at Earth Optics. Are you going to be out engaging with farmers here anytime folks can touch base?
1: We'll be at Commodity Classic and just about every other major trade show that's going on in the U.S. for agriculture. So see us at Commodity Classic and and the next one you're at.
0: Fantastic, folks. We're speaking with Lars Deirut, CEO of Earth Optics. And Lars, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Mike, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much.